Cybercrime is a business, and that goes for ransomware as well. Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz, Executive Editor with Information Security Media Group. And to talk about the business of ransomware, I'm joined by Bill Siegel, CEO of ransomware incident response firm Coveware. Bill, thanks for joining me today. I want to jump in by referencing a recent report in ProPublica. It suggested ransomware attackers might be learning a new specialty, specifically targeting cyber insurance policyholders on the grounds that they're more likely to pay a ransom and to pay bigger ransoms. Now, the story offered no evidence except some anecdotal observations. What's your take? Yeah, sure. So I read the article, and specifically to that point, I think that it's like academically correct. In theory, any business could sign the largest company in the world and charge a higher price, but the largest company in the world might not want your product. They might not take your phone call. We spend so much time dealing with these attacks, and we see so many cases that our perspective of it is that this is a big industry, and you need to think of it as an industry. They run their groups and their attacks just like any business in any other industry. It costs them money to stage an attack. There's a conversion rate on whether or not the attack is successful. And then they monetize the attack to varying degrees of, of size. Just like any company that has to sell a product and has to pay salespeople to try and sell the product, some percentage of their prospects convert to customers and those customers pay them different amounts of money. It is ostensibly no different. And so to kind of make the, the statement that, oh, these, you know, they're going after these companies because they have insurance and because they could potentially pay more, it's really no different than saying, well, obviously everybody should just sell to, you know, Exxon and GE because they've got the biggest wallets. Like it doesn't work that way. It's just like they might not take your phone call. So it's really just not the way it works. It's not the way the market works. These guys go after, just like any other business, they go after low-hanging fruit because it's cheap. It's cheaper to attack a company that has poor defenses. It's easy to find lots of companies that have poor defenses. And you get a higher conversion rate because those companies are less likely to have good backup. And so to think that they would specifically go after one or two logos that were on a, a website or something, it would be like saying, okay, I've got a product, I'm taking it to market, and I'm sticking all my salespeople on Exxon. It's like, well, you better hope it converts because if it doesn't, you're going to get zero. Like no rational company would do that. And these groups really do run their operations like rational businesses. So I didn't think there was really any merit in that uh, as a thesis. I think it could be an anecdote. I don't know for a fact, but I don't think that's the way that this market works. And like I said, we very much view it as a market. These guys go after the low-hanging groups that's cheap and the conversion rate high. And whether or not those, you know, those victims end up having insurance is just a roll of the dice. I'm getting an image of an illicit Salesforce implementation here <laughs> where they're tracking their right. prospects and conversions. <laughs> it really, you know, it, you, that's the right image. That's the way it works. It is very much a marketplace. They have costs. They have cost of acquisition of an attack and they have a conversion rate on their attacks and they have an average monetization level of those attacks and they want the cost to be low and they want the monetization to be high and the conversion rate to be high. In terms of the average monetization rate, who are the biggest hits right now? We've seen a lot of attacks, for example, against local municipalities. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's still small business and it's going to be that way in terms of the numbers and frankly, by count and by dollars, it's still always going to be small businesses. We hear about the public sector organizations because they have sunshine laws. If one out of 50 private sector companies has their attack get into the public domain, nine out of 10 public sector organizations have their attacks get out of the domain. So we hear about it more because it's disclosed much more often because it has to be disclosed. But it's not that much more prevalent. It's certainly up, like we've seen an uptick for sure over the past couple of months. But by and large, the vast majority by dollars and by counts of ransomware attacks still occur on businesses that have less than 50 employees. So there is a bit of a numbers game here in terms of quantity, potentially. Yeah, so I mean, like truly targeted attacks, you know, like the, the word targeted gets used a lot and it gets used in context of phishing. The phishing emails, while they are targeted, when they don't work, they move on and they move on pretty quickly. An APT or a nation state that wants to get into a specific company because they want to steal their trade IP or something else, they can devote all their resources for months to try and break into that specific company because that's all they want. But ransomware is financial crime, and they run it like a business, and it doesn't work to just put all your eggs into one basket and hope that it works. One other question I had, the Texas attacks, the 22 organizations that we saw, it sure sounds like one or more of them were working with a very specific managed service provider, and possibly that single managed service provider got hit. You know, if there was like a single entry vector that allowed them to crypto lock these 22 different municipality systems, that's a huge bang for a buck. I don't know if you have any comment about hitting MSPs, managed service providers, and or the Texas one in particular that you might like to share. Sure. So we weren't involved in that case. So I'll make some comments about just what I've read in the same articles that you've read. So there's a specific type of ransomware called Sodono Kibi that has been the percentage of attacks that Sodono Kibi is doing. Like if you think of like they do 100 attacks, like it, it, this is ransomware as a service, by the way. It's very similar to Gancraft. But the affiliates for Southern Kibbe feel much more sophisticated, and it feels like several of them have a specific specialty in what are called RMM, or remote management tools, that are used by MSPs or IT service providers. And what these RMM tools do is if you're uh, an IT service provider with 100 clients, and your 100 clients each have 100 computers or endpoints, you have 10,000 endpoints that you manage. And the RMM tool is essentially installed on every computer. And what it allows the MSP to do is if you need to install a patch or do something to every single computer, you know, uniformly, you can run essentially a, you know, a, a task and it will run it on every single computer. So it's a tool that allows MSPs to scale. Now, what the Southern Nikibi feels like an affiliate or two have a specialty in finding vulnerabilities in these RMM tools, and there's several of them, and several of them have actually put out patches over the past couple of months because of these vulnerabilities. But they're also exposed if the tools are not covered by two-factor authentication, because then the threat actor can just get in, harvest some credentials, and if they get credentials to the RMM tool, they log into the RMM tool, and rather than logging into every endpoint and deploying a patch, they log into every endpoint and drop the ransomware payload. And so it's been devastating because 
when they do get into an MSP, they hit hundreds of companies sometimes simultaneously. And so, yes, you are absolutely correct. Very high return on the attack because rather than hitting just the MSP, which is also kind of a small business at the end of the day, they're hitting hundreds of small businesses at the same time. And so I think I read a comment in one of the papers that those public sector organizations shared an IT service provider. And so that would make sense that if they all shared the same service provider, they all had the same remote management tool on all their endpoints. And Sodonikibi is likely the ransomware type that was involved in these cases. Well, Bill, thanks so much. I really appreciate the information that you've been sharing. Thanks also for all of these insights today. This has been really useful. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. I've been speaking with Bill Siegel, CEO of Coveware, about the business of ransomware. I'm Matthew Schwartz with Information Security Media Group. Thank you for joining us.